Stepping up the next person in line. Sir, I can help you right over here. Hey, how's it going? I'm here for a withdrawal. Absolutely. I can absolutely help you with that. Thank Go ahead and put your palm on the scanner. Hi, welcome to the Heavenly Bank. How may I be of your assistance today? Hi, I'd like to check on my Heavenly account, please. Of course, right this way. Yeah, I don't think this thing is working. Oh, no, no, it works just fine. You just don't have heavenly sight. <laughs> All right, let's go check out the vault. All right, Ms. Shiara, here's your vault. <gasps> Golly, that's a lot of stuff. It heavenly is. You've saved so much through your ministries and just spreading the gospel as well as just giving God what is his. It's incredible to see, huh? It sure is awesome. Here you are, sir. Wait, where's my stuff? What do you mean? Where's my stuff? I, uh... I guess... I guess not too many deposits were made. Uh... I'm really sorry. I, uh... Um... Hey, uh... Lollipop? Should've taken it to the bank. Nice try. Nice try. Good morning, Victory! For those who don't know, I am Omar. I'm the Victory, uh, the leader executive here at Victory, where our mission is to save, to serve, and to send. I want to make sure that I emphasize that because we are all part of the body and we all have that mission in mind to reach the world. And what's awesome about this is right now, our very own Pastor Larry, our senior pastor, the visionary of this church and the one that we follow um, because God has given him the calling in here. He's out in Columbia at one of our other Victory Churches. And so we're going to just take a moment real quick, and we're going to pray for him. Pray the word is being delivered. He's preaching today. Uh, he's, he's traveling back tomorrow, and we're going to just keep that in mind. You guys, you guys with me with that? Perfect. Let's pray real quick. Father God, right now, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for who you are. I exalt your name first and always, Father God. I thank you for our pastor. I thank you for the vision you've given him, Father God. And I thank you for the heart you've given him to reach the world, that you've called us to be able to move in the footsteps of Jesus. And he has replicated that, and his goal is to share the gospel as far as he can. So I thank you, Lord, for a great example that you have given us. And I just, I just declare just safety with them and a powerful word and a testimony to come back, Father God, so we can uh, get motivated to move and change the world as he is. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. And victory says? So today I get the, the privilege, the honor to um, uh, start a new sermon series, okay? And this sermon series is taken to the bank. And what's interesting about this is Usually the last thing that anybody wants to see is the church talk about money, okay? But you guys don't have to worry about that. See, taking it to the bank, it's a lot different than that. What it is, it's about our, our walk with God. It is about our movement. It's about our investment. Um, but the first thing it starts with is creating an account. Okay, and so today that's what I'm going to start. That's the, the title of my message. Now, I normally try to have fun when I preach and so on. So if I don't do it as much today, I apologize. I really don't. But if you got your notes, make sure you're taking them today. Um, I, have, I have a lot of things that I want us to be able to emphasize as we're moving forward. Now, creating an account, the first thing you're going to think is salvation. And yes, salvation is a part of it. We need salvation in order to, to move forward. But in order to be able to uh, withdraw, in order to be able to put deposits into your account, you need to be able to have an account. You need to be able to establish accounts. And for those that have some more money, they understand that multiple accounts is important. And so I'm going to talk about the multiple accounts in our walk this morning. You guys with me? Uh, an account, in this case, 
is going to be considered for accountability, okay? The more you break down accountability, the more you see accounts within them. Um, so if you're taking notes, I'm going to repeat this line so many times, but this is basically the premise of this sermon. Accountability is having the ability to maintain spiritual accounts. You guys with me? Amen. Two people. It's all right. I'm going to get more of you. It's okay. So there's three things that I'm going to speak on today that are in regards to accountability. That's accountability with people. That's accountability with the church and accountability with God. So we're going to start off with accountability with a person or with people. And I want to emphasize that a great way to understand accountability and so on is to read the book of Proverbs. Now I'm going to preach out of more than just Proverbs this morning, but read the book of Proverbs. Proverbs has so much just golden nuggets in there. Um, chapter 7 is a good, good chapter to, to focus on. But I want you guys to understand that accountability is a tool, okay? It's a tool that God has given us, and it's a tool that God uses to help make us and keep us great. Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I have four points just on this scripture real quick, and I want you guys to understand that, yeah, okay, iron sharpens iron. Someone has wisdom. They give it to somebody else. We get better discipleship. Woohoo! No, it's deeper than that. What happens is, um, is there's a breakdown to this. So out of the four, we'll start with the one. The first one is accountability goes both ways. I want you to understand that a good, healthy relationship, a good accountability relationship is peer-to-peer. Okay, you, it's good to be a disciple. It's good to have a pastor. It's good to have leaders. But good accountability is peer to peer. It's important, and you'll see it because, uh, like, look at look at what what the, the, the Bible says in twenty seven seventeen. It says iron sharpens iron. It doesn't say iron sharpens uh, rock. It doesn't say rock cuts paper or any of that crap. It says literally iron sharpens iron. So iron. And iron are relevant to each other. It's a peer-to-peer -peer thing. And it doesn't say iron is only sharpening one way. It's literally speaking on the dynamic relationship between the two. So that's number one. Number two is accountability will hurt you a little bit in order to sharpen you a lot. Okay, let's think about iron sharpening iron. Let's think about these blades, right? As these blades are sharpening each other, what's happening? It's shaving the metal off of it. So you actually have to lose something to gain something. And so what it is is the, 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 the accountability is sitting there allowing you to, to remove, to sharpen, and it goes again both ways. So accountability, it's going to hurt. Nobody likes to be checked. But accountability will hurt you a little in order to sharpen you a lot. There is more gain than pain in this situation. Number three, accountability is required to heal. If you want to be forgiven, give it to God. Okay? Just give it to God. We can't forgive you. All right? But if you want to find healing, especially in the things that you need to be accountable for, and if you really want to let it go, you need to tell somebody. Now, when I say somebody, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm talking about a godly person in an accountability partner that is established, especially through the Spirit. No war is fought alone. James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonder results. There is power that God has given us for each other, not just for ourselves. Matter of fact, almost everything God has given us is it for us, okay? It's an accountability thing, and God has given us. Now, I want you to understand healing, okay? Healing isn't just always, isn't just always health. I want you to understand that the relevance to God, that sin is death, okay? And so there's, there's illness in sin. And so when we find ourselves in iniquity or we find ourselves in transgression where we are consistently sinning or we are falling short, okay, God didn't call us perfect, all right? But as we are falling short, God is saying that, tell somebody. See, what happens is the accountability, the transparency, the connection that you do with somebody will hold you to that thing. And then it's easier for you to overcome it. 
Okay, so it is. You want forgiveness? Seek God. You want, you want healing in those areas? You want to be better? Seek God and seek your accountability. Number four, accountability is required for growth. I want us to understand that we need to live in a community of accountability, okay? When we grow and we grow in faith, we need somebody to help check us. We need somebody there. Every Christian that I know that is growing in, um, in their walk, that I could literally sit there and say, six months ago you were different. You know, a year ago you were different. Two years ago you're different. There's a progression. Every one of them have some type of accountability relationship in their life. Someone who can tell them that they're wrong. Someone who can cheer on them when they are right. Someone who's in their corner regardless of how frustrating we can be. Someone who is there to be accountable. I'm going to, we need someone in our life to help make us better. I'm going to shoot, uh, I'm going to shoot some quick scripts real quick. Uh, Ephesians 5:21 says, submitting to one another out of the reverence of Christ. You need to be able to make room for somebody in your house. Submit to one another. Again, we're seeing that iron sharpens iron. We're seeing that peer to peer. Submit to one another. Romans 15:2 says, we should help others do what is right and build them in the Lord. Accountability in the Lord, accountability done right is helping each other. When we are helping, we are lifting a burden. Okay, accountability means that you will be a cheerleader and a coach. We need somebody to help us be good and knock out the bad in our life. I know a lot of times we think about accountability and we think about who can we help. I'm talking about who can help us. God calls us as a new creation. I'm sorry if I'm going fast, guys. I had to knock out 30 minutes of this sermon in order to be able to fit it in here, okay? God calls us a new creation. In any new construction, and I get the privilege of being able to speak about this because I grew up without a dad. I didn't know how to hammer a nail, all right? But, but I know a great family, the Shoves family, that own a great company that uh, does new construction. And they were able to take me under their wing and I actually learned a lot of that stuff. I wasn't built for it. Excuse the pun. But... Um, Great family. And I, I, I learned that in the new construction, things need to be cleared out. In new construction, things need to be knocked down and removed to create a space for a solid foundation. Okay? Now, sometimes that's an entire building. Sometimes it's just the wild. And I'm going to just be honest. Some of us have came in here from the wild. Okay? We just got trees, snails, bugs, and snakes running... No snakes in the building. But everything else is running around us, okay? Now there are some situations that we are seasoned, and maybe a renovation is the only thing that's needed, but change is still there, okay? In most situations, I will say that the old structure should come down because sometimes we depend on old things way too much. Um, I, I remember the Burger King here. He got rebuilt. And um, I, I actually forgot that. My mom, my parents lived here um, for about nine or ten years before I moved over. <clears throat> and they knew the old Burger King. Um, now, I'll be honest with you, I don't even remember what the old Burger King looks like. But I remember when they tore it down to rebuild it. It didn't make sense to me. I'm on the outside. But it needed to be down. There was some type of structural issue. There was something that needed to be changed so that it could look different. And she was impressed. She was impressed because she seen the difference. And um, it was her first time being able to see it. Accountability is allowing someone access to you so that they can see those things. And maybe we need to have a teardown in order for us to have a buildup. So they can help tear those things down in order to build those things back up. And when we rebuild, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The, the construction area sucks, okay? It's dirty. It doesn't look like what it's supposed to look like. I know a lot of you guys are waiting for the Chipotle and the Starbucks, and they're like, that thing is ugly. Come on, hurry up. So the question is who? Who should we allow to hold us accountable? Well, we only allow godly people to hold us accountable. We only allow some people, the, the, uh, sparingly, very, very remote, to hold us accountable. Now, that doesn't mean that you have been 
friggin' saved for 30 years, okay? We'll get into that. But you hold somebody who is walking the walk. Accountability standards are important because if you have them low and you, hold, you get somebody who will hold them low, then you will always stay low, okay? Accountability standards change depending on the character. I might insult some people now, so I still don't apologize. Um, one, you're one of three, okay? You either have no accountability and you don't think you need accountability. You have accountability, but it was established through pride. Or you have accountability and it was established by the Spirit. So the first thing is, you have or you don't have any accountability. You may think. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about those that might have just got saved or those that didn't know the importance of accountability. I'll excuse you. But those that have the mindset that you do not need accountability in your life. You think you are so holy that you don't need that accountability. And I heard this before. Jesus is my accountability. Jesus is my accountability. The only thing holy about you is your spiritual maturity because it has so many holes in it. Okay? Jesus is our source, our savior. But we were called, and I love this term, and if you guys want to do this, this is what I use for everything when it comes to the, the problems in my life, when it comes to uh, discipling people and everything. Vent up, pour down, lean to the side. Our peer to the peer is so good for us to lean on. Now, we have a problem with authority or something, we vent up. We go to a pastor. We go to a leader that can help us, not somebody that's going to gossip. And anybody that is under us, that looks up to us, it is our job to disciple them. But I heard that. Jesus is my accountability. Not true. We're going to fix that. Number two, you have established accountability with someone through pride. You have paired yourself up with someone who is worse than you in order to make yourself feel better, okay? You have found somebody who said, I'm going to be something to somebody. I'm going to create. Yes, I got you in that accountability relationship. I got your back, but you're only doing it because you know that one, you're not going to be transparent with them, but you're only going to allow them to speak so that they feel low and you feel high. And I'm just being honest in the house of God, all right? This is a very common thing. I have done all three of these, okay? So if you want to get mad at me, that's fine. I did it. I've been there so I can preach about it. Number three is you are in an accountability established by the Spirit. Accountability, it, it goes both ways and it allows both people to grow. This accountability creates room for celebrations and corrections. It's important for both to exist. Ecclesiastes 7.5 says, better to be criticized by a wise person than to be praised by a fool. A lot of times we hang around people that are yes people. We hang around people that are going to tell us what we want to hear. We hang around people that are going to enable us and tell us that what we're doing is good. And those people, no offense, are fools in your life. But the people that want to come to you and tell you, A, I don't think that's right, or A, how are you doing? And you give them a, I'm fine. No, you're not. You're not. You are, you are denying the wise, and you are enabling the fools. And what happens is, is you are who you hang around, okay? It's just true. You are who you hang around. So if you're allowing those people to be fools in your life, I guarantee you, you're a fool in theirs. Now, let me break some ego limitations, okay? Spiritual accountability is not limited by age. It's not limited by race, height, weight, spiritual memorization, okay? Some of the people know their scriptures really well and they know how to spit fire, but are they living it, all right? I've seen many times that, that, that someone further in their walk is given great counsel by someone further in their word. Okay? I'm going to say that again because I think you missed that. I have seen multiple times somebody further in their walk, they got the experience, okay? Someone further in their walk give, was given great counsel by someone who was just further in their word. This isn't about your duration, okay? A great example that taught me the back and forth for a healthy spiritual accountability is from the late and great Jim Phelps. Now, I don't know, 
how many of you guys know Jim Phelps? And it's unfortunate, and I apologize. You'll get to meet him in heaven. Um, it, it was an honor and a privilege to be in a relationship with this man to, to understand uh, life, to understand um, uh, spiritual aspects, family, and so on. Now, I'm going to just say it. Jim Phelps probably wasn't always a great guy, but when I knew him where he was in the walk, he finished his race well. Okay, his heart was for the people. Now, this is the reason I'm bringing him up. Jim Phelps showed me, he taught me the dynamic of accountability relationships. See, Jim Phelps is probably 20, 30 years older than me. Um, and there was many times he would come in and he would place himself over me and he would pour into me and he would help me and he would guide me in situations I need. And then in the same breath, he would find his way to place himself under me and he'd ask me for advice and he'd ask me for guidance and he asked me what it is that he can do in these situations. And we would hold each other accountable in those situations. And I will tell you, that is the dynamic of an accountability relationship. It does not matter age. It does not matter experience. What matters is a willingness to do God's work with each other. I'll tell you this. I'd rather be criticized by someone who is wise. I'd rather be corrected by someone I trust. I'd rather be guided by someone who is moving forward than be praised by someone who isn't helping me grow. Someone who is enabling me Someone who is telling me what I want to hear. Let me tell you. And some of you guys know me very personal, okay? I'm not the friend to pump your ego. I'm not. I choose to deflate it. Uh, not, not in a bad way. I don't come with hammers and, hammers and axes or nothing. But it's more beneficial to be filled with the Spirit than it is to be filled with air. Okay? It's more beneficial to be filled with the Spirit than it is to be filled with air. Accountability is having the ability to maintain spiritual accounts. The fruit of a, of, of a spiritual maturity is the craving for accountability in your life. You don't believe me? I'm sure some people are challenging me, and that's fine. I like it. Uh, challenging me literally right now in their minds. And to tell you this, biblically, someone who seeks accountability is wise. And those who don't are simply full of themselves. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 9, 8, never correct conceited people. They will hate you for it. But you correct the wise and they'll respect you for it. So when someone brings correction to you, that can tell you who you are. Are you the wise? Are you conceited? Are you full of yourself? The only reason you wouldn't want accountability, honestly, pride. That's it. It is more important to surround yourself with people who are, who are better than you, okay? But first, you need to learn how to toss the pride out in order to see them. See, a lot of times you think someone's better than you because they're a pastor. And you don't realize that it's just somebody who's further in their word. Pride is like a pair of sunglasses that you wear in the dark, and I used to do that. Back in my heathen days, I'd be in the club with my glasses on. I thought I was all cool. Nah, bro. You think you look cool, but really, you're only disabling yourself. You're only limiting yourself to seeing the whole picture. You ever realize how sunglasses can distort color? Pride is the same way. Pride has the power to distort actual facts. See, the color never changes, just your perception of it, okay? The facts never change, just your perception of it. The biggest spoiler alert I can possibly bring today, and I hate to burst your bubble, but if you are sitting here today and have convinced yourself that you don't need someone in your life, a godly person who can check you and keep you focused, then you, my friend, need more accountability than anybody else in this room. This one's spicy. Proverbs 27, 6. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Oh, man. I'm about to hurt some feelings. 
I'm about to break some hearts. And I'm about to cause some of you to rethink the people around you. Okay? Do you know that the more you dig into the Bible, the more that you realize that an enemy is simply defined as someone who prevents you from doing what God is calling you to do? An enemy doesn't need to steal things from you if you allow your purpose to be stolen. An enemy doesn't need to lie to you if they allow you to lie to yourself. And an enemy doesn't need to hurt you if your relationship with them hurts your relationship with God. Can I get an amen this morning? Proverbs 27.9, the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. If you can find someone who will hold you accountable, who will pray for you, who will challenge you, there's nothing sweeter in the world. I promise you, because then you get closer to God, and there's nothing sweeter than that. Okay, practical. <laughs> and that time we're scaring the crap out of me. Um, God is giving you a godly, I'm apologizing in advance, guys, just letting you know. God is giving you a godly relational accountability, right? You have one already established. So if you're taking notes, jot these things down. I want you to be accountable for these three things. One of them is more than three, but it's, okay. One is your services. Mm. Okay, Galatians 5.13 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. I heard this one the other day, and it just blew my mind. You won't serve unless you're free. I want you guys to understand that. You're either free of those bondages, or you have bondages that are holding you back that you serve. So when you are free of those bondages, now you have a freedom to serve. Allow someone to check your services. Two, your desires. See, it's good to desire, to desire. I, I just suddenly got Pastor Lewis's accent. Um, it is free to desire. It is free. It is good to desire. It is. I don't want us to think we're robots. When you're Christian, God has created a, a, a personality, okay? You are called to be you. Don't mistake that with your character. Your character is your maturity. The immature parts need to change. But you are still called to be you. So it's good to desire. But your desires should not come first. I'm telling you, I'm going to piss people off. What should come first? See, many people place their desires first and will convince, and I did this too, it's God-driven. Hey, it might be given to God and believe we will believe that it is, it's our focus to drive that thing forward first. But what does the Bible tell us? Come on. Seek the kingdom first, and all the desires will be given to you that are from your heart. Seek the kingdom first. So I'm going to give you a quick, a quick, another little spoiler. If you are if you're trying really hard to get something off the ground, if you're trying really hard to make something work, maybe it's because you haven't put God first in it. Maybe you haven't even included God at all. See, we see this in so many things, especially marriages. I tried. I tried and I tried. But did you try God? Did you try God? We, we, I'm just being honest. Let's be real. God's always last when it comes to depending on somebody. We'll call Julio first. Okay? Give room for someone to be accountable to your desires. Allow them to check them and make sure that you are prioritizing yourself. Number three, your life. This includes your words, your actions, your decisions, the people you keep around, the type of job you're working, the schedule they're letting you work, how you're treating your wife, your husband, your kids. Accountability may not be comfortable, but oh, is accountability beneficial? Allow them room in your life to see you. Stop giving people the lawyer. Do you guys understand what that means? You know when you start dating somebody, you give them the representative of you. They don't see the real you. They got the representative sitting at that table. Some of you girls know what I'm talking about. You guys got a fork and a knife. We know that you gobble that burger down, but you got a little fork and knife because in representation, you got to be suited and prepared, right? Allow somebody to see the real you. 
Accountability is fueled by trust, okay? This is the biggest part. It's like a vehicle. It's fueled by trust. And trust, let me tell you guys, if you haven't heard this before, trust is a currency. All right? And I'm telling you this. If you allow me to earn trust in your life, you better allow me to spend it. You better give me room. Because if not, I don't, wanna, I don't need to stack up your trust. If you allow me room to have trust, to build it, to earn it in your life, Give me the room to spend it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. The sermon, as I researched, as I, uh, as I prepared for it, this sermon spoke to me, and I need to now realign myself to match this message. I want you to say it with me. Accountability is having the ability to maintain spiritual accounts. This is the kicker. You need to seek your accountability. Not have them chase you. Listen, if your accountability is having to seek you out, they're not your accountability partner. They're your babysitter, okay? If they're having to chase you down, they're not getting paid for it most likely. So they're, they're a free babysitter, and we know how those work, okay? Um, say it with me one more time. Accountability, accountability. is having the ability to maintain spiritual accounts. I am going to shoot fire the rest of this. Accountability with church. The temple, I want you guys to understand the difference between the temple and the church. We are called the temple because we're supposed to, okay, hold on. A lot of times I hear people say, but we are the church, we are the church. And we, 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 they result to the, to the scriptures where Jesus calls himself the temple and then calls us the temple, okay? I want you to understand why. I want you to understand why. We are the church and we are the temple, but I want you to understand why. We are called the temple because we're supposed to be the housing of the holy of holies. Okay, we are supposed to be the tabernacle where the spirit can dwell inside of it. That's who we are called to be when he refers to us as the temple. All right. The tabernacle was in a place filled with people inside of it. Matter of fact, you better be very, very careful when you go to see God. All right. But here we got the luxury that we are covered in the blood of Jesus and we are forgiven and we are now holy by his name. So the temple is the housing of the holies of holies. We're not called the temple because we are the church. As you stand alone, let me tell you something. You are not the church. You're not. The church, the word church in, 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 in the Bible, in, in Hebrew, it doesn't describe your personal holiness. It means gathering. It is important because our pride can sometimes pump up our chest so big that we can't fit into the doors of a church. Church hurt. I've been there. It pumps up your chest and your head. It makes you feel like you're better off doing it alone. It's the lie of the devil. Let me tell you something. When the church hurts you, that's because somebody hurts you. That wasn't God. Okay? I've been there multiple times. All right? And I know God. And I know that, that my relationship needs to be with God. Acts 2, 36 says they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. I want you guys to understand that the book of Acts is a great example of what church should look like. So if you read, read the book of Acts. If you don't read, read the book of Acts. If you haven't read it, read the book of Acts. And if you read it, read it again, because it tells us how church should look like. Every Christian is called to support God's church through attendance and giving. I'm telling you, you guys aren't going to like me. I ain't going to get no high fives today. Acts 2.44 says all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they have. Now, I want you to understand that giving isn't just money. This is not what we come to talk about, okay? It's also time. It was their money. But back in, in biblical time, it was everything. So if I could define it, giving is of yourself. What encompasses you? Everything. Your source, that is your giving. The fruit of a healthy Christian will model Christian or, or what Christianity models. I want you guys to understand that. The fruit of a healthy Christian will model what Christianity models. What does Christianity model? It models Christ. What did Christ do? He served. He shared. He fellowshiped. He healed. He evangelized. Acts 2.44 is going to hurt some feelings. Back, you know, fresh 
when, 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 from, from Christ, Christ has just ascended. The establishing of Christianity was so important. The church's establishments were so important. Let me tell you something. During that time, someone that did not serve and give, I didn't say or, someone who did not serve and give, it was simply foreign to them. It wasn't, it wasn't normal. It wasn't common. Everybody had a role to give. Everybody had a role to be a part of, to serve, and had the mission Maybe because it was so close to Christ being there. But let me tell you, Christ is in this building. All right? Christ is here. So if Christ is here, then we should be modeling the church of Acts. I heard this statement, and I challenge it for an entire seven seconds. And it took seven seconds for God to smack the conviction into me. I challenged it because I didn't like how it sounded. But it says, people show their heart with their feet and with their pockets. Priority appears through your feet and your pockets. What do you show up for and what are you willing to give to it? If someone asks you for a favor, let's be honest real quick. If somebody asks you for a favor, the results of your willingness and the extent of your willingness will waver depending on the person. You will walk further and give more depending on the person. But since I'm in the serving conversation, let me, let me get something straight for you, okay? Accountability is not created by serving or giving, okay? Serving and giving is a fruit of your accountability with the church, all right? I want you to, to understand, please do not find yourself closer to God through ministry. Ministry does not establish your relationship with God. Ministry is a fruit of your relationship with God. Let me tell you this. I, I preach, I preach because I did it. 2018, I served probably more than anywhere in my life. I got to cut this story really short. Throughout the year, all I did was move, move, move. Somebody asked me how my relationship with, uh, was with God, and I would tell them it was good. It was good. I was doing the things of the kingdom. I didn't understand, though I've been walking with God for so long. Um, God was trying to get my attention, and I wasn't listening because I was too busy doing. And what happened was, towards the end of 2018, I suffered a stroke, and I found myself unable to walk in the hospital for over a month. And then I had to go into rehab in order to learn how to walk again. And what I realized, God didn't cause my stroke, but he sure allowed it because he needed me to sit down and shut up. I didn't have a relationship with him during that time. I was so busy doing for God, I forgot to talk to him. I forgot, and I accounted the ministry with relationship. When I changed it, everything changed. The moment I changed it, I realized that I get to serve. I get excited to serve. I get excited to spread the word. I get excited to greet people because I see and know the feeling of God's love because I talk to him. And it's so important. It's so important. Accountability is having the ability to maintain spiritual accounts. I have to maintain that account. Okay? Last is accountability with God. Every Christian, I want you guys to understand this. It's not going to go the way you think it is. Every Christian represents God in the local church. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ. I want you to ask yourself right now, how does your actions speak for Christ? How do your priorities speak for Christ? How does your language speak for Christ? How about your platform? How does your platform speak for Christ? This isn't the only platform here, guys. When you serve, that's a platform. When you work, that's a platform. Your social media, whew, that's a platform. How does your platform speak for Christ? Ooh. Ooh. How does your commitment speak for Christ? Did you follow through with your commitment? Did you follow through with your word? Oh my God, I was bad at this. Okay? Check it and have somebody check you. Okay? Let your word be your bond. If you say something, do it because you're a representation of Christ. And when somebody looks at a Christian that doesn't follow through through their word, they're going to associate that with God and say, God's not going to follow through through his word. And now we are calling God a liar. And oh, I know God is not a liar in the house of God. Let me tell you something. Now, I know 
When I first said accountability to God, many of you thought maybe I was speaking about correction from God. And, eh, you know, I might include that. But accountability, I want you to understand that it does go both ways. And we are held accountable to how we represent Jesus. As Christians, we are ambassadors of our local and eternal community. How you represent yourself, how you publicly vent, how you privately vent how you treat the next person, especially the person you don't want to bother with, how you publicly display your life, how your actions, your heart, the conversations you carry behind closed doors and in open spaces will help or hurt God and his church. I want you to stop trying to find the middle ground here. It's not an if, it's a what. What? type of representation. Not if I represent. What type of representation will you be at work tomorrow? What type of representation will you be online? What type of representation will you be at the gas station when the clerk is on their phone and you have eight people in front of you and you got to pee? But Omar, nothing could get in the way of God. Listen, listen to me closely. I am in no way diminishing or devaluing the power of God, but I am emphasizing through free will, okay? It is entirely possible for your ego and your pride to get in the way. Your ego can get in the way with your relationship with God, and your ego can get in the way with others. Hebrews 13, 16 through 17 says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be no benefit to you. People read this verse and they focus so heavy on the submission and authority aspect of this. Either you are told to use this because you're told to submit or you're using this to have people fall into submission under their leadership. But but quick tidbit, I don't care about positions or leaders. The person in the room with the most authority is not the person with the highest position. It's the person with the most influence, okay? But don't ignore the requirement that follows with that influence, that that requirement that follows with leading, as your influence must give an account. It is literally, you are going to have to stand for your influence for your leadership for how you have guided people as what you do and what you say and how you represent God will come a time to give an account you don't think God takes this serious both Luke 17 and Mark 9 say the same thing I'm going to read out of Luke 17 1 through 4 it says now he said to his disciples it is inevitable that a stumbling block uh, that stumbling blocks come but woe to the one though whom they come It is better for him if a milestone is hung around his neck and he is thrown into the sea than he may cause one of these little ones to sin. Accountability is having the ability to maintain spiritual accounts. How are you maintaining the accounts you will have to bring forward to God? Let me ask you a question, my 18th question, about your accounts with God. If we are called to show the world Christianity, if, uh, to be a representation, to be ambassadors, what do we have that would appeal to the world? What in your life is different from someone who doesn't believe? Is your marriage better? Your kids? Your finances? How about your tongue? Your loyalty? Are you more loyal? How about your forgiveness? You still holding on to that? Mm. How about your honor? Do you honor everyone? What is it about you that would make someone who is lost look at you and say, I want that? What is it? If God gave us everything, how do we display it? What is it? Is it your joy? Please tell me it's your joy. Please tell me we have joy here. Because in this walk, and I did not grow up Christian, I grew up in the world. I didn't have anybody in my family that was saved. 
and I didn't find God until my early 20s, I have realized that Christians are some of the most miserable people. Some of the most doubting people. Like, in the face of adversity, why do we crumble? I'm going to give you a quick, quick testimony. Last Wednesday, not last Wednesday, the week before was one night. Um, powerful night, worship, prayer. Um, my wife stayed back to do, to do uh, prayer and um, I took my kids because my daughter had to, to go to school, and I'll just try to get this as fast as I can. Um, I took my kids home. My, my daughter was playing with my son on the, this little stupid umbrella stroller. Um, my, um, my daughter, I told them not to. I, I told my daughter to go brush her teeth. I told my son to come to me. I'm accountable for my kids. And as I told my son to come to me, I stopped watching him for just a second, and I walked over to the, the sink. And then, mind you, it's no more than 10 feet away. I walked over to the sink to wash it, and instantly it happened. My son had crawled up on the stroller, like the umbrella stroller, but backwards, grabbed it, fell straight forward, smacked his head, blew up like if Mike Tyson punched him in the face, and I rushed him to the hospital to find out that he had two fractures in his skull and he was possibly bleeding in his brain. It broke me. My wife comes rushing my daughter's sleeping in the, in, the, in the hospital room, and we're sitting there, and they come in, and they say, listen, you're, 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 there's some fractures. We're going to have to do a bunch more scans. We're going to keep them overnight, and I'm, unfortunately, we're involving DCF. They walk out of the room, and in that moment, me and my wife, spiritual leaders, prayer warriors, whatever you want to call it, are sitting there sobbing worried, and God checked me. And if I wasn't learning how to tune my ear to God, I would have stayed in that moment. And God checked me, and I told my wife, are we not Christians? Either, either God is real or he's not. Either he is loyal or he's not. Either he's faithful or he's not. So if we believe, do we not depend on him? Let me tell you something. My son, no brain, ble no brain bleeding. I think I... No, I rebuke that. Um, no brain bleeding. Um, minor fractures. Um, had a good interview with DCF. They're hopefully off my back. Um, not that I have anything to hide. But, um, and, and he, what, what, what they told us was going to take about a month for the swelling to go down, um, for him to look normal, to act normal. Within four days, this kid is back to his goofy, destructive self. And a lot of that was prayer. A lot of that was depending on people in this church. Accountability that had my back. People reaching out. Offering to do so much for us. When everything fails, do you operate the same as when everything prospers? See, the truth is we are all responsible to each other for our witnesses, for our representation, I would be a fool to tell someone to rejoice in their storm if I'm allowing my storm to drown me. I would be a fool to fuel someone's hate, someone's anger, their despair, their bitterness, their envy if I'm trying to seek happiness. And I would really be a fool to take a precious gift as salvation, eternity, love, and hide it, and hide it behind a poor representation of Christianity through bad attitudes, unforgiveness, and bad witness. See, I don't... I don't need to speak about God being accountable to us. He, he already was. Uh, when, when, we didn't, when he didn't need to be and we didn't deserve it, God sent his son. Jesus isn't accountable. He is accountability in the flesh. His price was paid. His actions was fulfilled. This time, we hold up to being accountable. Accountability is having the ability to maintain spiritual accounts. The very first story in the Bible uh, regarding man uh, speaks about accountability, uh, but I bet it's not always looked this way. I'm going to read it really, really fast. They're yelling at me in the back. I mean, I don't hear them, but I feel them. Um, 
Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God, and he was walking in the garden in the cool of day, and they hid from the Lord uh, among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and says, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put, little man, the woman you put here with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord said to the woman, what, it is, um, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. This is a moment of accountability, but for some it's perceived as a moment of judgment. Matter of fact, for some it's read the same way I just spoke it. It is easy to picture God angry and just and with a deep voice and loud thunder in the background, okay? But God, but, but how are we hearing God's tone in this? Are we hearing the tone of judgment or the tone of accountability? The tone of concern. We paint God to be a father and to be love, but we take his words of correction as harsh instead of through love. You really think God didn't know where they were and that they ate from the tree? He wasn't coming in the garden yelling, what have you done? Maybe, just maybe, it sounded a little different. Maybe all God wanted was to know where they were at, even though he knew where they stood. Maybe God wants to know where you're at, even though he knows where you stand. Accountability is having the ability to maintain spiritual accounts. It's not having the ability to maintain success. It's not having the ability to be flawless. Um, Worship team can make their way up. Steve Young, former quarterback in the NFL, talked about how he cannot remember how many touchdowns he was thrown, but he remembers exactly how many interceptions. We naturally hold ourselves to to our faults more than we do to our accomplishments. This causes us to feel like failures. We don't want to feel like a failure. So we will hide the things we fail at as much as we can. We will suffocate any moment of accountability at the expense of perception. Can I tell you something? Failing is not failure, okay? Failure is the results from not growing from failing. Failing at something and failure are not the same thing. Growing from failing, it requires transparency, it requires conversations, it requires truth, humility, accountability, it requires a coach. Don't be so prideful that you're willing to play the whole game alone. Pride will cause you to redirect blame and eliminate those moments to grow. Steve Young continued to speak about breaking that pattern, about instead of giving excuses, he learned to give accounts. Instead of speaking on how it was the rain or the wind or the players, he focused on what he can do better and allowing the coach to guide him through, he made himself accountable. He learned that accountability drives success. If our spiritual life is the most important part of our life, then why is our spiritual life the place we see the least accountability? If you want to see spiritual results in your life, you will, you will need to lean into spiritual accountability. There's no shame in learning, but for some reason people feel the most shame when not knowing. 